Sorry, I don't love you. A phrase I've grown accustomed to. Cause with you, if something isn't wrong, something isn't wrong, something isn't right. I wish you could be happy. Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. This week, Tim Hardy returns, and we are going to be talking about. All New Wolverine, The Four Sisters, which is the first six issues in the 2015 reboot, I guess you could say, of the Marvel titles. So, you know, starting at these number ones. But, Tim, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. I think, you know, this is definitely a comic that I wanted to check out for a while and just hadn't gotten around to. So I'm very glad you suggested this because... I really, really liked this storyline, but I know we want to sort of rewind a bit here and talk about the origin because this is not your, you know, Logan Wolverine. This is an all new Wolverine, literally. So, Tim, why don't you go ahead <laughs> and tell the listeners what the deal is with this new Wolverine? Okay, yeah. So, uh, this character is uh, Laura Kinney, uh, X23. She's the female clone of Wolverine who if any of you have seen Logan recently the young girl played by Daphne Keene is uh like that's this character she's a clone of Wolverine uh to give a quick spiel of the original Log- Wolverine Logan just to kind of give some context as a lot of you probably know if you're familiar with comics Wolverine has a long tragic story where he was kidnapped by the Weapon X program uh, memory wiped uh, and messed with with false memories with the adamantium fused to his bones and claws and the classic uh, Barry Windsor Smith uh, storyline. And after that, he just has all these things of being just manipulated and used as a weapon. He, uh, I have like a little list I made here of he tried to take out Professor X and even joining the X-Men, Professor X wiped his memory to make him like, okay, you're not going to assassinate me. You're going to be an X-Man. And then he also, at one point in the 90s, was captured by Apocalypse and made a horseman of death, brainwashed. Then in uh, Mark Miller's uh, Enemy of the State storyline, he was brainwashed by Hydra and the Hand to go after people. And then in the alternate timeline story, Old Man Logan, he's tricked by Mysterio into killing everyone. So you just have this sad history attached to the name Wolverine. And then specifically X-23 Laura, she's created as a clone of Wolverine to be turned into a weapon, much like Logan himself was. The creator of the character, Craig Kyle, referred to her as uh, Pinocchio for Marvel Comics. She's a samurai sword trying to become a real girl, which I think is a really uh, interesting and profound observation. So, like, the son of a scientist from the old Weapon X I referenced creates uh, Laura, and she's tortured, not allowed to be a human at all, just made into a weapon. She's given this thing called a trigger scent where she smells it. She goes on a killing spree. So she is forced to go out of her mind, and she ends up killing her mother uh, and killing her mentor, this, like, swordsman who trained her, both just out of her control. And when she breaks free from all of this, she has a time when she's exploited as a young prostitute uh, in the series NYX. 
in the series of Avengers Arena. She's kidnapped and thrown into this Hunger Games-esque, like very self-aware, like rip-off of Hunger Games where these young kids with powers are forced to kill each other. So you just have this character with this long history of being used as a weapon. And then this brings us up to this current series where at this time... Uh, Logan has died in the story appropriately told Death of Wolverine. And then here, where we're starting up with all new Wolverine, uh, Laura has decided to uh, put on the costume, a similar costume, and use the name Wolverine and just sort of continue in this legacy. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned NYX, and that was back in 2004 when she made her first appearance in the comics. So this character has actually been around for quite a while, but I think with Logan coming out in theaters and everything, that sort of just gave this character a boost because we hadn't seen her in that sort of light, I guess. And I feel like they could have, you know, done this relaunch for All New Wolverine and gone through her origin story, but I'm kind of glad they didn't because we see that with the movie and everything recently, and I know the comic started before that, but she wasn't quite as big of a character yet. So it'll be interesting to see if they do end up going back and sort of revisiting that storyline. But for you, was this the first? Laura Kinney comic you had read, or were you already into the character before this all-new Wolverine run started? Uh, I was somewhat into the character already. Uh, My first introduction to her was actually the first one, because she actually had her premiere in the X-Men Evolution cartoon before the comics. So, like, I knew her from that, but then I'd kind of forgotten about her. But I picked up NYX, like, on a whim, not realizing she was introduced in it. And kind of enjoyed it. I read uh, Avengers Arena on a whim and liked it. So, like, I had some background, but I wasn't super attached. Like, when they announced all new Wolverine, they also announced the series uh, Old Man Logan with the character from that story brought to main continuity. And at the time, I thought, yeah, I'm probably going to be a lot more interested in Old Man Logan. But then I decided to pick this issue up. At, like on a whim, like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And then through this, I was able to really fall in love with the character, then go back and get more of her solo stuff. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, Marvel has their own podcast called This Week in Marvel, and they actually did one of the X-23 comics as their unlimited reading club pick. And that was right around the time the movie came out because they do tend to sort of pick these things that are going to coincide with their movie releases and everything like that. So I had actually read that before we talked about doing this comic. So that was sort of my first introduction to her in the comics. And I'm pretty sure it was just like a six issue run called X-23. I could be wrong on that. I will have to sort of go look it up and refresh my memory. But I think it I think it's called, well, the storyline is called X-23 uh, Innocence Lost. I don't remember if the miniseries had that subtitle or not, but the storyline is called Innocent Lost, I think. Okay, but aside from that, this is the only other thing I've read, and 
I really enjoyed the Four Sisters storyline that they decided to start this one off with because, you know, we know that Laura herself is a clone and then to have her find out that there are clones of her out there sort of brings things full circle, I guess. And you still sort of get a little bit of an origin story from the clones and, you know, with the way they brought Laura about and everything. It just felt like a really good fit for her character. What did you think of this being the first storyline that they covered? I think it's uh, really good. I remember when I first read it, uh, as it was coming out, I thought it was sort of a funny choice. Like, hey, we're going to make this clone of Wolverine, Wolverine, and then we're going to clone her. But like, as I read it, I think it's a really important thematic uh, decision like the reason I gave like the spiel earlier like for Wolverine and X-23 and all that information is I think in order to have someone fill these massive shoes of Wolverine and this like weight to the mantle you need to have like some good look at what it means to be Wolverine and uh I know I heard somewhere uh, some interview that like they had a couple ideas for how to start the series but I think this one really works because by taking a look at characters who had the same background she did uh, and like really flesh that out you get to really like you said without retelling the origin you get to really get to where she came from and also just really show like the nuance of what it means to be Wolverine. Yeah, definitely. And with this only being six issues that we're covering, there's obviously so much more to this character. But why don't we go ahead and talk about some of our favorite moments from these six issues? I know for me, one of the things I really enjoyed that happened in the first issue were the flashbacks to Laura and Logan and him sort of just being like, you're like me, but you're better than me. Yeah, definitely. And and that's a highlight for me, too. Like, I love... Have you seen Logan? Yes. Okay. Without getting really into the spoilers of that movie, I really like at the end of the movie the way that Logan and Laura interact. And there's a similar thing in this moment you talk about where he says to her, uh, you're the best there is at what you do, but that doesn't mean you have to do it, which sort of is similar to... Uh, in the movie when he says don't be what they made her made you like the it's that idea of like you like me were made to be a killing machine and you're really good at it and maybe sometimes you're gonna have to but you don't have to overall be the killer right and one of the other things that i liked about this was they did allow other characters from the universe to come into this and in this first one alone we get taskmaster taskmaster doctor strange and the wasp and while they're not you know the biggest characters in the marvel universe it was sort of just nice to see them incorporate this and it sort of made it feel like laura was already accepted as you know part of the this group of superheroes and everything even though you know some people are still kind of like all right I don't know too much about you whatnot and obviously Taskmaster is a villain which is a brief brief moment 
where he thinks he's going to stop her and the clones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely do a good job with that. And I've been keeping up with the series, and they've continued to have good like guest stars uh, here and there. But yeah, it's a nice way to like flesh out the world, and uh, especially the Doctor Strange interaction I really like. Because you get that one page showing these flashbacks to her history. Like, you see her with her mother and uh, her in the cell cutting herself and her being pimped from NYX. And if you haven't read those stories we talked about, you might not know what they are. But in that one page, without knowing the specifics, you get to know, like, who she is. And in her conversation with uh, Doctor Strange... Like, when he sees that and decides to trust her. I like when she says, like, uh, I'm not really replacing him. I don't know what I'm doing yet. All I know is while I'm wearing this, he isn't gone, and neither am I. And it's a good, like, interaction. Like, her answering Doctor Strange. And then there's the joke about guys on the internet answering them. But just, like, answering everyone, like, what does this mean to her? And and letting her interact with someone like Doctor Strange or like the Wasp lets you sort of use those characters as like a point of view thing, like like an opportunity for her to address, like, why are you Wolverine now? Right. And there's definitely comical moments in this storyline, too, because specifically when they're with Doctor Strange, you know, some monsters end up being released and it's just kind of like an oops situation. And... They definitely know how to add some humor into it. And when you think of Wolverine, you don't necessarily think of the funniest character in the Marvel Universe. So to see, you know, this one have a bit of a different personality than Logan and even with the clones, you can tell how different all of them are. And I think it's just those little moments that like that that sort of give especially Laura, more of that humanity that you don't often see with Wolverine. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which I like that the clones, like, to talk about them a little more, like these sisters, like in them, you get to see different aspects of Laura, uh, which is neat. Like being able to see uh, the way that, uh, uh, what's her name? Bella Donna. Bologna? Bologna? Well, Bologna, that's yeah. it, yeah. But but the way you see, uh, like, Bologna, and she's, like, this sort of darker, more, like, grizzled version of Laura, who herself is dark, but she's even further. And then on the other side, you get Gabby, who, in the show notes, I described her as Toast Adorbs, <laughs> and she's just this really, like, adorable character. I almost wonder if the Daphne Keene version of Laura in... Uh, Logan was partially inspired by this because she just has this like charm and innocence to her, but this dark element too. Like one of my favorite moments is in the uh, third issue, Laura and Bologna are arguing and it's mentioned like, where do you draw the line and like killing versus maiming. And Bologna makes a throwaway comment about like, if someone's a pianist and then like, as they're going to leave, uh, Gabby's like, hang on. And Bologna's like, Gabby, what are you doing? And she says, I'm just leaving his fingers where he can find them in case he plays the piano. And this is really like sort of dark moment, like leaving someone's severed fingers in case they can play piano. But there's as like dark 
it as it is and as funny as it is, there's also like an innocence there. Like she isn't quite as much of the killing machine as Laura and as Logan and as Bologna like have been forced to become. Yeah, and with the three sisters that were left, because in that first issue we see one of them end up dead and that's how Laura sort of finds out that there's clones of her (laughs) roaming about basically (laughs) and I can't remember the other one's name I want to say it was Zelda but I'm not entirely positive on that yeah she also ends up dying after you know they go see Doctor Strange and everything like that they basically have these like nanites in them I guess you could say that are sort of part of their cloning and everything and the technology that went into making them and this is when we see the wasp and her and Laura basically get down and go inside trying to fight them off but there's just too many of them and they aren't able to save her basically so they try to save her and it just doesn't work so it's one of those moments for Laura too where she sort of comes to the realization that she can't save everyone and even though this clone looks like her it isn't her and I feel like that would definitely be something that would be very very weird to experience yeah which they even make note of like one of the sisters tells her I forget which one like hey uh, I know how weird it was uh, for you to see, like, from the beginning of the story, like, see, like, this person who looks like you die. We've had to do that, too. Because it opens with that person dying, and then Zelda dies. But then also, uh, in, like, the backstory, you find out that there were originally ten sisters, so others have died, too. And it's just that seeing yourself in these other characters and seeing these other people, uh, like, die, like, having to see yourself die, uh, which is a a pretty dark idea and really gives a lot of, like, gravity to it. And uh, in a weird way, it reminds me of, uh, I don't know, I guess this is spoilery, so I'll be vague, but it's sort of the reverse of what happens in the third act of Logan. I mean, I'm sure most people listening to this know, like, what Logan fights at the end of the movie, but, like, what happens there, this is sort of a, uh, like, re- like opposite of that, where, like, you're seeing yourself in this clone, but then it's like you're seeing, like, some of the innocence in you, too. But it's just, it's not fun of clones, which some people complain about because it's convoluted, but it's the fun thematic stuff that only comic books and superheroes can get away with. Yeah, definitely. And I think the fact that all of the clones are different ages when Laura meets them goes to show just how long they've been working on this cloning process because you mentioned there were 10 of them and the fact that these three seem so drastically different, especially in age and how they act, it's kind of like, okay, how long have they really been doing this if they've seen, you know, seven others die basically, and I think it's really interesting how they they don't really focus on that, but it's still sort of in the back of your mind as you're reading it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and I think that gives a lot of weight and helps fuel the way a lot of the characters act. 
like Laura's desire for uh, Gabby to not kill because she wants to preserve that innocence. And she doesn't want to kill either and set that example. In the way, Bologna's more willing to kill, but even she, like, at one point asks, like, in the end for Gabby to go away and not see her kill the one character. And, like, as dark as she is, like, even she, like, this other clone of Laura doesn't want to see young Gabby become what she is. So, like you said, like, the different ages and different personalities let you see, like, these different aspects of like themselves in each other like they're all sort of the same person but not in this cool uh interesting way yeah and even at the very end of issue six we see that Bologna made a deal and her sort of concern is Gabby still and you know it's just definitely interesting to see how that played out with that character but we should note that this was written by Tom Taylor and the art was done by David Lopez and David, I want to say it's Navarrete, but I don't know. That sounds right. It's, I'm just pronouncing these things how they look. So <laughs> please forgive me if I've mispronounced anything, but why don't we go ahead and talk specifically about the writing and the art on this storyline and everything, because... I hadn't really heard of any of these people, mm -hmm. so it was sort of new territory for me as far as the writing and the art go, and I know I've mentioned that for me, the story is more important than how the comic looks necessarily. I mean, if it's blatantly obvious that the art is not good, that will still take something out of it for me, but more often than not with Marvel and DC, because they have the house style, basically, it's sort of hard to come around, come across too many things that are so terrible. I don't even want to read them as far as the art goes. But what do you think of Tom Taylor's writing in this first arc? I like it a lot. Uh, I'm not that familiar with him. I'm pretty sure he's written the uh, Injustice video game tie-in comics at DC, which I've heard is good, but I don't really have experience with. But for this character, like, I feel like he really gets Laura. And I didn't like the second arc. Like, if you choose to keep reading this, like, I didn't like the second one as much as the first. But then it comes back, like, later. But especially in this first arc, I feel like he really found, like, this perfect balance between, like, really dark and violent and emotional. But then also, like, really silly and playful. And he's just able to really balance those elements in a just generally effective way yeah and i've read through i think issue 14 because that's as current as it is on marvel unlimited right now and i know that second arc largely had to do with the civil war 2 tie-in stuff so because i haven't read civil war 2 yet i was just kind of like eh, that's okay but i really did enjoy his writing in this first arc and I think, you know, I might have to go back and see what else he's written. I think I've read one of the Injustice comics, but I have no clue which one it is anymore because it's like, you know, you have year one, year two, year three, year five. I think they're up to. I have no idea. And then you have different mm -hmm. volumes within those. So I'm totally lost on which one I even read <laughs> at this point. So I mm -hmm. am definitely interested in checking out some more of his stuff and hopefully... 
you know, he can continue to write this character as well as he has for this first arc. And I think for the art on this, I enjoyed it. I think, you know, the choice to use the classic looking Wolverine costume and everything was really great. And they've, they didn't just take it off of Wolverine and put it on her. Obviously, it's more feminine, I guess you can say, for Laura's body type and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I definitely really like this costume. The classic costume on Wolverine, I'm sort of weird because I don't really like him in it that much. Like, I prefer him in civilian clothes. <laughs> or or I kind of like the orange and brown, like, redesign. But I just like him, like, just chilling in his tank top and jeans or whatever. But there is something really cool about that original design. And I feel like it looks really good, like, in some ways even better on Laura and really fits like the character and especially since this is like trying to play off of what does it mean to be Wolverine what does it mean to be in essence uh Logan's daughter and all of that so the decision to make the costume like the classic costume is thematically important and then also it just looks really cool especially the way it's illustrated here like I haven't read as much stuff with uh, David Lopez art as I'd like, but I did read uh, he did the the one run with uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick on uh, Captain Marvel, and I really liked his art on there. Oh, okay. And it's really good on here, too. Like, just the nice, like, uh, expressive, cartoony, animated, but also, like, able to capture, like, some darker aspects, too, and that good, like, balance between the two like he has a good eye for emotion so like when a character is sad like you really feel it in a nice muted way but also able to make things really pop when they need to yeah definitely and i'm really bad at keeping track of what artists are on what books because you know i more recently got into comics than you have so it's sort of been like this big (laughs) jumbled experience so far basically and I think you know the more I read the more familiar I get with a lot of the artists but since I've been reading a ton of DC stuff you know it's like okay there's Greg Capullo you have Francis Manipool doing a bunch of stuff and that sort of thing so I'm getting more familiar with those names but I think when I go through and binge read stuff on marvel unlimited it's a lot harder for my brain to register this information and everything like that but i have read the captain marvel run that you mentioned at least i think i have it if it was the very first one uh it was there are two different kelly sue runs i believe it's the second one he did okay i think i started that i might not have finished it okay that's the one where in the first arc well, for, like, most of the series, she's out in space. Right. Like, the first arc, she goes out in some, like, alien diplomacy stuff. Okay. Uh, but, but, yeah, he was a good fit for that series and was a good one fit for this one, too. One of the biggest bummers going forward with the series is that this arc is the only one he did. Some other good artists, like, were on it and, like, have done a good job. Like, I don't want to, like, talk down on those artists, but, like... This is one of those sad examples of, like, an artist setting such a high bar for the first, like, arc, where an artist that I really like otherwise trying to live up to, like, the tone set. It's 
it's just rough sometimes. Like sometimes a new artist can give a series new life, but other times you can be like, ah, I, I kind of miss their work. The way that things happen with comics is still a little baffling to me. I'm like, wait, why can't this person just stay on this comic and everything like that? But that's obviously a lot of behind the scenes stuff that we won't necessarily get to know why or how these things happen. But the coloring on this too sort of helps just bolster David Lopez's art and Nathan Fairbairn. Oh, geez. I'm so bad with these last names. And as you know, some of these comic book writers and artists can have quite the mouthful for a name. And (laughs) hopefully Mm -hmm. I have pronounced these things right. If I have not, I apologize. Feel free to give me, you know, like the hyphenated pronunciations if you feel the need to. But just seeing, you know, the colors of the classic Wolverine costume again and everything, I feel like that sort of just put the art over the top for this one, at least for me. And as someone who doesn't necessarily focus too much on the art, I think that's definitely saying something. Yeah, definitely. This is not a colorist I know that well. Which, when you reach a certain point in reading comics, you will start even noticing right. colorists. Like, that's something I, I joked to myself about. Like, when I realized, wait, I have favorite colorists. But, uh, but they really do, like, deserve, like, like, credit, too, and, like, acknowledgement. This colorist, I don't know as much. Uh, maybe I've read other stuff he did and didn't realize it. But, yeah, he did a really good job on this. Uh, much like the writing and the art. Uh, his coloring really strikes that good balance where it's really like bright, some good use of primary colors to really give it the old X-Men feel. And especially the first issue when uh, Laura is teaming up with her boyfriend at the time. I forget if they're still dating or not. Angel. Yeah. Uh, like seeing him and her like work together in their costumes, like it just has this real like classic x-men feel but the colors are just muted enough where it doesn't feel all like super muted grim dark but it still fits the tone whenever it has to get a more serious moment so it's it's a very good fit like like i remember when i read the first issue the first time just being really impressed by uh the visuals and especially the way the colorist set the mood Yeah, and I think it helps, too, that the clones have these darker costumes to sort of contrast with Laura's, because if I'm remembering this correctly, for the clones, it's more of the black and gray sort of color for their suits. Yeah, there's some little, like, subtle other elements for some of them, like Gabby has, has some, like, colorful tights and a cute little pink thing in her hair or whatever to give show more of her innocence but they do definitely go more dark and practical and hers is a lot brighter and more superhero-y which like now that you mention it does like thematically work really well like her trying to set the example for these other characters which if anyone's up to date with the comics right now they've actually redone Laura's costume and it looks very similar but now it's more blacks and grays okay. which 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 looks cool, and I like it, but I do definitely, like, miss this costume already, even though the change, like, just happened. Yeah. 
Well, obviously, you and I have both continued to read the series, so it's not a question of whether or not we're going to stay with it, but why don't we go ahead and wrap this up with some final thoughts on either the character or the story arc as a whole? I just really like the sort of... uh reiterate what i said earlier like i love the way that this captures just the general feel of wolverine and is this good analysis of what wolverine represents uh if i were to try to like get someone to understand who the character is and how to introduce them to just like three or four different comics even though this doesn't really have logan except in flashback i like what they do in this so much that I would honestly pick this as one of the ones I would use. Like, what we talked about earlier with the flashback and then the different character interactions. Like, I just think, like, at the end of the day, what Logan Wolverine was, was this person just from childhood thrown about, like, trying to live a quiet, normal life, trying to be a human, but he constantly becomes a weapon or machine or an animal we just clinging to his humanity. And uh, Laura also is made to be this weapon from conception, uh, just tortured and never allowed to be a human, uh, just on her own. And then she gets to see these clones and just the thematic elements there. Like, it's just a really powerful look at uh, just this heritage, this Wolverine lineage of her... Like, of the series of characters, Logan, Laura, Gabby, all these people who just want to be able to not be an animal, not be a machine, but have their humanity. And you can see that in Gabby and Bologna's last interaction. And just the way that these different characters, as they interact with each other, you see, like, them just each for each other trying to save each other like it's not just Laura trying to save them but they're trying to save each other so like I guess my like final thoughts and summary uh, are just this is a really good look at what Wolverine is and if you just view it as Logan's code name cool I guess but if you want to get more to the heart of it this is one of the best places to look yeah definitely and I think with all of the talk of comics needing to be more diverse and everything like that if you are looking for that sort of strong female lead in a solo title and everything I think even though this is called all new Wolverine it's still a really good place to start you know Laura isn't getting her own character name really but I think you know we've seen this with Thor and now with Riri Williams being Ironheart and everything like that Marvel is making an effort to sort of get more of these female characters at the forefront of their comics and everything. And I think if you're looking for something like that, this is definitely a good comic to check out, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, She's a really good character. Uh, Marvel's done a lot of good work. Some people have criticized them for other people have criticized them for not going far enough. And I get that, and it's a complicated thing to navigate. But I think overall they've done a really good job with legacy characters, people sharing and taking on new mantles. And, like, if I wanted to, like, have, like, some, like, young girl getting into 
comics. Well, depending on how young, maybe I wouldn't pick this Give specific one. It's, kind of, <laughs> it's a little dark. But like if some like someone like some girl old enough to be able to handle this wanted to get into the comics, like I think this is like at least this specific story arc is one of the stronger self-contained stories like that Marvel's done in recent years to like tell a different kind of story. And as much as like the Wolverine thing started with some old guy, like literally really old guy, like a couple hundred years old or something, a lot of what he experienced, I think does work really well for a female character. These ideas of really clinging to agency and not being used by anyone else, but being able to be your own person. Like, like this, unlike some titles, like doesn't ever get heavy handed. Like it barely addresses her gender at all. Right. But there is, there are definitely like thematic things that I think uh, anyone, like men and women alike, because men need to learn how to like view women properly. But like you can definitely get good elements of that. Uh, from this like good thematic things yeah definitely and i love that in the flashbacks it's like logan doesn't even care that his clone is a woman and he's sort of already accepted that and the fact that she's a better person than he is yeah which is a really good choice like i i do like stories and comics and in entertainment in general things like wonder woman that make the gender a big deal because as long as sexism exists like there should be stories that address it directly and even x-23's origins like there's a lot of tension early on because sarah kinney decided to make a female clone instead of a male and there's issues there so it is like in there but it's definitely cool to have stories like this where it's just not really addressed it's just this is the new wolverine it could have been her it could have been any other guy, girl, or whatever, but it's just, it just is what it is and goes with it. And it doesn't force it to be about the gender, which is also important to have stories like that. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps up everything we have to say on this story arc today. But Tim, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast again. Thank you for having me again. No problem. And to our listeners, thank you guys for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.